And if he is faithful to those that have gone on before us, and we have that same identical faith and trust in him, I believe what he's done then, he's about to do the same thing right now. I need a breakthrough in my life. I know 2017 just started. The half has not been told. Many of us almost didn't make it through 216. And God's grace brought us through. Somebody say grace. Can you stand to your feet, please? Can you help me, PowerPoint? Go right to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, verse 1. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's read from verse number 1. In the Amplified Translation, please. And the scripture reads in verse 1. After these events, help me read it. God tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and then began to the, the trip to the place of which God had told him. And everyone that read these scriptures said, Amen. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the anointing that resides, the residue that resides the power of your spirit that resides in this place. Not only among us, but in us. We thank you, Father, for the current prayers that have been lifted up. The past prayers that has been ascended to you. But we thank you right now for breakthroughs tonight. And we thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing. We thank you for salvation. But Lord, we thank you. We want to thank you. Because you are, are our Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And tonight we put our trust completely and totally into your hands. Father, let your will be done. So we give you all the glory. All the honor, all the praises, and all the thanksgiving. 
in the name above every name, at the name of Jesus, and the body of Christ said, Amen. Just somebody, just lift your hands to the Father right where you are. Just already thank Him for breakthroughs that is about to take place in your life tonight. Begin to praise Him for it. Begin to bless Him for it. Begin to appreciate what He has in mind towards you. Because God has favor written on His mind towards you. Somebody out there says, I receive it and I thank you, Father. One more time, I receive it. Father, I thank you for it. And I give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. A miracle was in operation right now. Abraham heard the voice of God and he knew what God was up to something. Tell your neighbor, God is up to something. Tell somebody right beside you now, look at them in the eye, mean it to them. Tell them God is setting you up. Now turn to somebody else and tell them God is setting you up. Uh, many times we don't like setups. How many of you were surprised about a party? Or something that someone had without you knowing it was for you. And when that time came to say happy birthday or celebrate or whatever it was, you were surprised about it. And sometimes you feel that you're not worthy for what has been given to you. But somebody say, God is about to set you up. And many times we don't know how to act. We don't know how to respond. But God said that your Isaac was a promise that I told you about for a long time. I told you I was going to give you an Isaac. I wasn't going to give you some, something else, but I was going to give you only what I believe you needed in your life. And I'd like to say this before we go on tonight. God's not going to put anything else in your hands that you cannot handle. He's going to give you what you're able to handle. Come on, somebody. Give God a big clap offering right about there. The Bible says after these events, knowing what Abraham has gone through, knowing what uh, Sarah has gone through, knowing the hardships of their lifestyle or their livelihood. And God brings them all the way here to a testing ground. The only reason he's bringing you through a testing ground is God is about to do something greater than he's done for you in your past. I don't know about you, but I'm almost trembling right now. Only because I believe in breakthroughs. Now it can be in many shapes or forms or facets. It could be in various things. But what are you believing God for? Do you need God to strengthen your marriage? 
Do you need God to strengthen your family? Do you need finances bountifully in your life? What does God need to do for you tonight? I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm talking about he's a right on God. Right, right now, God. He's a right timing God. God showed up at the nick of time. We know the story. But let's kind of back up for a moment. See, because Abraham and Sarah came together when things were not working. And all the things that you tried to do may not have been working. But God said, this is my promise that I have for you. And I know several years went by and I know 10 years went by and I know 20 years went by and I know 30 years went by. But God's promise is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we have to believe that. Now we have to get a hold of that assurance of God's promise and walk in it. God is about to do something. Can I get somebody to stand to your feet and say, God is setting me up. If you believe that, then my friend tonight, you got to hold on to that promise. High five two people beside you. Tell them, hold on to that promise. And God said to Abraham, I know it's impossible, but God never puts you to a test unless he's preparing you for something greater than you already have. Come on, somebody. God is about to do something that he's never done, but he has to put you through the test to see if you're prepared to receive what he has. I know I came tonight with a heart of worship. With the heart to say, God, I give you all the glory and praise. But that's how our heart should be all the time. Whether it's a prayer service, where it's a prayer meeting, whether it's a Bible study, where it's a devotion time, whether it's a main service, whether it's a midweek service, whether it's a Sunday service, whether it's a power pack service, it doesn't matter. Your offering of sacrifice has to be the same thing. So God now speaks to Abraham. Abraham knows the promise. And he says right here, after these events, God tested him. Notice, your events always get greater. The pains that you may have gone through. It always gets harder. It gets tougher. But guess what? You begin to mature. You begin to get more acquainted and more intimate with God. His Holy Spirit begins to remind you of His goodness, of what He's done and what He's about to do. And God speaks directly to Abraham. And He tells them this. Abraham. And He said, Here I am. God spoke directly to Abraham's heart. Now watch this. 
Many a times our hearing can be cluttered because we're always looking and believing and try to do what God said he was going to do. But when God is saying, I'm speaking to you, sometimes our ears get dull of hearing. And we put aside what the promise is. I'd like to say this. When God is speaking to you, and he is every single day, it is fresh and vibrant, and it motivates your spirit, and it convicts your heart. You know that God respond to his voice. Answer the call. Can you tell your neighbor, answer the call? In other words, do as he's saying for you and I to do. And when, do we, when should we do it? <laughs> If you have clear instructions, don't wait for tomorrow to do it. I think you better get up and start moving. Because God is about to bring you through something or to something that you've never had. And we're trusting God. We're believing God for breakthroughs. God tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Father, here am I. Lord, here am I. Master, here am I. And God spoke so clearly to him. He says, take now your son. Your only son. There's a difference now. Because what he's asking Abraham to do. Abraham has the ability, but he's remembering the promise. Sometimes we know what God is going to go do, to, do in our lives, but when God tells us to go ahead and do something, yet, although we remember the promise, we want to hold on to it because we say, God, you gave it to us. It's your promise to me. So I'm going to hold on to that. And God is now putting you and I through this. Notice your education life. Notice things in the physical, the natural, even in the spirit. Never happens. You can never progress until you go through a test. And many of us, we cry, we weep, we struggle, we pout, and we dwindle in our faith. And we allow doubt and fear to take place. But God says, I'm putting you through a test so you can get your breakthrough. Come on, somebody don't get quiet on me. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it. Help me to prepare myself for the next test. And God reveals to him what his mission is. He tells him now, take now your son. Your only son. And he calls it out by name, Isaac. The Bible says, whom you love. You know something about that? Many things that we love, we never want anybody to touch. We never want to give it up. We, want, we don't want anybody to get close. In fact, we don't want anyone to find out really of your true love. I have five beautiful children. You know them, 14 grandchildren right now. And I love them all. But watch this. Equally. My love for every one of my children and grandchildren and spiritual children, I love them all. Equally. 
There's something about that. This is Abraham's only son. This is where the promise was coming through. That the stars of the sky, the sand on the seashore, will come through that seed, Isaac. And God was asking Isaac to bring forth a sacrifice. Abraham to bring forth a sacrifice. And that sacrifice God was asking for was the only one that he had. It says here, whom you love. Something that you love dearly. Something that you don't want out to get lost out of your sight. I believe Abraham and Sarah been watching Isaac grow all the time. They never left him out of their sight. In fact, I believe that they knew his thoughts because they were intimate in their relationship. He said, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, whom you love. God knows how much he loves Isaac. I don't think at that time Sarah was in agreement with Abraham. I don't think at that time maybe Abraham told Sarah the whole story. Because Sarah would have said, that's my boy. Not only six feet under you'll be. I'll add more cubits to it. And I'll put you a little bit more deep. Maybe she could have said that. Whom you love. What do you love the most? That you're willing to give up. That God will give you a breakthrough. What do you love the most? What sacrifice is God asking for you tonight? That you will make up your mind and make an attempt to hear what God is saying. Could it be a job? Could it be finances? Could it be your family? I'm not saying to sacrifice your family. I'm saying love your family, but give your heart more to God. God knows what he's asking for. He would not have asked Abraham. But he was about to do something greater for Abraham. Watch this. Not just for Abraham, but if he follows the command of God, this would be for the nation and for the rest of the world. The decisions that right now lies many a times in our hands is we'll go as far as we would think to go. But those things that we love, that God asks us at times to give them up, we fight against it. And Abraham heard the voice of God. He heard the instructions clearly. And he heard what God said for him to do. Let's follow along. And now he says, and go now to the region of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering. Upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. This journey 
were maybe a little bit over 60 some odd miles. At that time, everything was by feet, by donkeys, or camels, or mules, or horses. As you see that we'll find as we go, it took them three days to get to the place. Watch this. This is very key. Where God will show you. Where God will tell you. If God is not showing you and God is not telling you, keep on going. Keep on moving. Don't stop. Be persistent and pursue and strive in the spirit. 2017 will not be like 2016. I hope you get this in your heart. We have a leadership camp coming up tomorrow. Almost 150 of us will be at that camp for three solid days. I have in my mind, I have a notion of what God would like to say or what he would want to do. But the Bible says God is a spirit. And they that worship him, come on, must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. So now Isaiah 55 tells me my ways and his ways are different. My thoughts and his thoughts are different. God wants to do something in my life that I may have never given him the opportunity because I may have hold on to my Isaac. God says the one you love is the one you got to give to me. You got to turn it over. I know you love him. I know you love her. I know you love this. And I know you love that. But in order for you to complete this task and this mission that I have called you, Abraham, for. That I have called you for. You got to give up your Isaac. What are you willing to give up? That God will give you your breakthrough. Can I get in there, man? Anybody get in, getting something out of this tonight? Because I just like to tell you, the Holy Spirit just made a shift tonight. He just made a shift. And he confirmed it twice. And I have to obey. When the Father speaks to you, he'll always confirm it. He'll let you know that I have a part to do with what, is, what I'm asking you for. I am a part to do with it because I put it in motion. I activated that to take place in your life. I know it's a little bit uncomfortable for you. I know you're struggling to give it up. I know you're struggling to make an attempt. But please hear what I have to say to you. If you never give it up, you can never get out. If you never try to make an attempt, then you'll stay exactly in the same place where God is saying, 
I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking clearly to you. Can you hear my voice? Can you understand what I'm saying? Can you really know that I'm talking to you? I'm speaking directly. Please know that we're not just living in a generation. My friend, we are living in the final generation. According to scripture and according to science, we are living in the final generation. Where the Bible says, and many will see the coming of Christ. God is really shaking up the church. Our duty is to get those that are not in the house of God in the house of God. That's our duty. And I'm glad that we are occupying ourselves according to that area. But we can't just be doing the physical, the natural works and forget about what God requires from us. Our worship. We're getting to the good points. See, because God cannot work in us or through us until he begins to work something inside of us. Because many of us can hear. But many of us only hear over here. In the natural. Because if you hear from here, you begin to allow it to manifest. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Nothing changes outside until change is taking place inside. When God spoke now to Abraham, he spoke directly into Abraham's heart. Abraham had to know that this is the father's will to take his only son, the promise that he has given him. After many, many years, he waited till Abraham was at least 100 years old. How many of you know, you, you dead, cousin? You passed it. They forgot about your funeral service in that area. You get lily koi vines over your tombstone. And God did a miracle. Why? It didn't matter how long it took. It mattered how long you held on to the promise. That was key. It, did, it doesn't matter how long it takes God to do what he said he was about to do. What matters is you're consistent to hold on and faithful to hold on to the promise that God has given to you. That's why I said earlier, how many of you really know that you are blessed? You have a divine calling tonight to be here. Because I was not the messenger. And we know that the Holy Spirit is. And the Spirit of God told me twice. I said, I'm not going to wait for the third time. Because he's going to speak even louder. And he might do something to get my attention. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to follow his word and his command. One was Pastor Jay began to speak the scripture. And God already told me. Two was when they sang the song, You Deserve the Praise. 
I saw Abraham giving God the glory and the honor. I saw him. I saw him dancing there. Not only him, I saw Isaac. Because Isaac wasn't in quite agreement with his father. We'll talk about that. Many of times the things that we want to give up, not even them want to be a part of that. He said, go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Upon one of the mountains of which I tell you. One of the greatest challenges of a believer or a Christian or a follower of Christ or a pattern sitter is to do what this theme says. To strive in the spirit. See, we can strive in the natural because we're common and we understand the things that are common. But when we talk about spiritual things, we get lost. Because we want to be sure if it's of God. We want to be sure if what is being done is the will of God. How do you know if that's the will of God or not? Let me give you a clue. The will of God will always cause you to do something that is uncommon to you to do. You would double think it. You would double check it. You think, uh, God asks you for a seed, a $1,000 seed, a $5,000 seed, a $100,000 seed. And right away he says, devil, get behind me. You have no business tapping into what God has given to me, but you don't recognize the voice. It's not the devil. The devil will never ask you to give to God. That's one of the biggest clues you know when a seed is, is being asked for you to, to plant it and you get challenged in your giving. Know that the devil never asks you to give to God. If what you have in your hand is not enough to meet your need, don't hold on to it. Plant it because it's your seed. The seed is the only way you receive a harvest. You don't receive a harvest by giving just your tithes or your offerings. There should be an opportunity every service to plant a seed. Because your seed is what meets your need. I know offering is already done. And right now I have no thought to take up another offering. Unless the Spirit of God says. Because he might try some of you tonight. It got very quiet. I'm just saying as the Spirit of God gives me the words. What sacrifice are you willing to give up. Some of us might be thinking right now, I knew I shouldn't have come to tonight's service. Well, I'm speaking to people who's looking for God to release a breakthrough in their life. I'm speaking to someone tonight 
that they're believing God to take them over to places that they've never gone. To do something that has never taken place in their entire lifetime. Just a real quick testimony. Anybody has the opportunity to watch 700 Club testimonies? Anybody? Put on YouTube. It's on every day. It's on morning, noon, and night. CBN News and all the different things. Do you know that our president right now is activating some of the things that he spoke while he was still campaigning for office? Millions of people doubted his word. But already now, he's passed several bills that are blowing the nation's mind. And one of the first was he will never contribute to abortions. He'll never contribute. He's been shutting it all down. Now you decide if this man is being called by God in this day and in this hour. You decide that. There's several things that is coming up real soon that's going to blow you out of your chair. It's going to freak your mind. I was going through some of them today. And I believe that God was going to use that to minister to us tonight. And he said, God says, it's not the time for me to tell them all about that right now. I need for them to know how important it is to obey the will of God. So that breakthroughs will take place in their life. Can I see those again that are looking for a breakthrough in their life? Can we move forward? So Abraham rose early. He rose early. He rose early. He rose early in the morning. The Bible said he saddled his donkey over 60 miles. Took him three days. But not just he and Isaac, the sacrifice went. He took Two witnesses with him. God always say the things that are established needs to bear witness. They begin to bear the testimony. That's the reason why when Jesus was on Mount Transfiguration and, 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 and Peter and James and John was with him and they saw a cloud coming on the Mount Transfiguration. And they looked and they says, my gosh, that looked like Moses. My gosh, that looked like Elijah. And the Bible says, Jesus stepped onto the cloud to have a conversation with them. You got to understand this. Now watch this. Jesus was still 
in a human suit. How could he do what he just did? And in fact, Moses and Elijah's bodies were never found. Because these are the two that were already raptured. There's two more that was raptured. One was Enoch. That walked with God. Jesus Christ was raptured. There's only five raptures now. We're about to enter the fifth. In fact, we are right now at the fifth rapture that is about to take place. Where the bride of Christ will be snatched up and caught away to meet the bridegroom in the air. And so shall we ever be forevermore. For centuries... For thousands and thousands and thousands of years to come. The 70 years of grace that we have here, God is beginning to just change the way we think. To change the way he thinks. So that he could prepare the bride to meet the bridegroom. 70 years. Three score and ten. I begin to read the paper or I see, I don't read the paper no more. Now that comes high-tech devices, this just recently showed a 112-year-old lady. What? I went to one of the meetings, and this man conducting the meetings and sharing about the body and the, how the physical body operates, he began to show pictures of those who lived over 120 years old. Please don't kid me. I come from Waianae. I have a far drive. And then he shows me a picture of a person of 264 years old. Next year I make 125. <laughs> Pastor, what are you saying? God's doing things he's never done before. And he's really doing it to get the attention of his people to understand that God needs genuine worshipers. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for more people to bring into the kingdom of God. He's looking for more people to make up their mind in the destiny that they are headed to. And he called on Abraham. To make a sacrifice. Give me about 15 minutes and I'll be done. I believe. That might be our first closing for me. So Abraham got up early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he split the wood. Something about the wood. Know that when you bring your sacrifices... Your altar always has to be prepared in a way that God desires and wants it to be prepared. That's one of the reasons why when it's time for tithing, it's time for offering, and tithe for seed sowing, we never just move into it and jump into it. We're preparing our altars. Somebody get this. I know it's a tough message. Because it's pricking our hearts. 
so that he knew the assignment and the instruction, and he took the time to prepare his altar. What did they do? First of all, it says they went to split the wood so that when the sacrifice is on the altar, the fire would consume the sacrifice. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You're talking about Isaac, who's going to go on the altar. Isaac don't know about it yet. Isaac right now only knows that he's packing his own wood. The wood that he's going to be lying down on. And his father going to flick the bick. Come on, son, light that fire. Isaac has no idea. But watch this. He trusts his daddy. Isaac trusts his daddy. Can you begin to see the intimate relationship with Abraham and Isaac? Can you really see the intimate relationship that they have? Can you imagine the tears rolling down Abraham's eyes? As God the Father begins to give him instructions. And God began to speak to Abraham. And Abraham immediately didn't like that plan. He didn't like it. He disagreed with the plan, I'm sure, some way inside of his heart. But he knew that although he had a relationship with his son, Abraham had a greater relationship with his father. Please understand this. He was speaking and listening and hearing and having a conversation, an intimate one, intimate conversation with the father of all creation. Not just of the promise, but the father of all creation. And Abraham at this time, his mind is totally blown. But he knows what the father, he knows what the father said for him to do. Let me just interject something here right now. God's been speaking to some of our hearts. And he's targeted exactly because it pricks the area that is very uncomfortable for you. Tears have come out of your eyes, out of your heart, and you begin to reject what God had already said to you. Let me just say this tonight clearly. God has already spoken to you about this that he's telling to you tonight again. Give him your Isaac. Give it to him. He says, take Isaac, your only son, the one that you love, and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. I will tell you, and I will show you where. It hurts you to do what you're about to do. But I'm going to say this. Please understand what I'm saying. Do not be sidetracked or distracted or dismayed or struggle and allow doubt and fear to come in. Don't allow that to take place. 
know that the voice that you're hearing is the voice of Almighty God. I'll go on to say this. He will never ask you to give it if you can't give it to him. Almost every single scripture in the Bible that was quoted in giving, God asked because he was the one to give them what they had. He won't ask you if you do not have it in your possession. Some of you may not have it physically. You may not have it in your possession that you can see it. But God says you have it hidden in the secret place of your heart. He tells Abraham to do something that would be impossible for you and I to do. That's the reason why you can never judge a leader. You can never begin to judge a pastor or a man of God or a woman of God or a prophet. Don't do that. I repented many a times because it enters my thoughts and I want to allow it out of my mouth. But the Spirit of God says, cover your mind with the blood of Jesus. Because if you have or you think you have the power and authority to speak on someone that I have called, you have to be careful because I send a curse to those that touches my anointing. Now the scripture says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Touching doesn't mean with a physical touch. Deacon Steve. It doesn't mean with a physical touch. It doesn't mean handling the individual. It means just from a distance. You touch him with a word. The words are spiritual containers. That's why the Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue. You can bring life to this individual or you can kill him by what you say. That's why we take communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Read from verse 30 below. It tells us, judge not that ye be not judged. It is better off that the man judges himself. Evaluate himself. So speak not the word that is of negative value. In other words, it holds no value. But it can destroy you. God said to Abraham, this is what you need to do. I'd like to encourage everyone here tonight. Before you release your seed, always prepare your altar. Number one, right here in our heart. Number two, confession in our mouth. Number three, repent for the things you see. Number four, be alert on things that you touch. And number five, be wise in the places that you allow your feet to tread on. I give you five things. Your heart, your mouth, your vision, your hands, and your feet. 
God was about to do something great for Abraham. But he needed to do it to something that he loved. So that Abraham can now get a breakthrough to the promise that the father said. The stars of the sky, the heavens. The sand on the seashore. That you can count. That is your blessing. How many of you see your blessing going that far? Split the wood for the burnt offering. And they began the trip to take the place of which God had told them. Verse 4 says, On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place. And it was in the distance. But he saw the place. But it was still where? In the distance. Although you see what God said for you to do, it's still a distance. Continue to pursue. Continue to go after. Be consistent. Do you know the devil wants to stop you from being in a fellowship of the saints of God? Can I say that right now? The enemy wants to stop you or hinder you or distract you from being in the presence of Almighty God. Or from being in a place that you as a family, ohana o keakua, can begin to grow together, learn together, strive together, pursue together, work together, pray together, sleep together, eat together, win the harvest together. The devil doesn't want you to do that. This year is amidst all the rest of the stuff. Do you know that we have a very busy year? That's the reason why God wants us to strive in the spirit. Because if you cannot operate it in the spirit realm, you'll get burnt out. You'll give your ears to indulging spirits, seducing spirits, things that are of deceit and lies, things that is of cursing only to destroy what God wants to do in your life. Somebody say it with me. The devil is a liar. On the third day, Abraham looked up. Scripture says he saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his servants, settle down. Come on, look at, look at the scripture. Say it with me. Can you tap your neighbor beside you and tell them, settle down. Can you tell that to someone else beside you? Tell them, settle down. Settling down just doesn't mean to sit. The word settle down means also to take position. Be sure that your posture is in order. God is an orderly God. Everything that he commands and does, he does it in order. So he's bringing our order to the witnesses. And he says, I want you all to just settle down here. Just rest. You know, sometimes God is speaking to our spirit. Because we're so, I like to say this as the spirit of God saying, the enemy wants to bring confusion in your mind. Confusion in your mind. 
I like to say what the Spirit of God said. Settle down. Can you say it with me? Settle down. Say it again. Settle down. When your mind is in a chaotic state, it's going to amass confusion. Don't let it. John 14, 1, 2, and 3 tells us, let not your heart be troubled. So you have the power and authority to either let it settle down or it will still continue in a mass confusion. See, when you're confused, you're not able to think right. So what you're about to face and what God is about to lead you and direct you into, you're not able to hear what God is saying clearly. Because your mind is so cumbered and distracted about so many things. And many of us, we are just so careful of our finances. That we can get caught up, worried about our finances. And we forget about what calling God has anointed and called us to do. Don't displace yourself. Keep yourself in order. Settle down. Let your spirit settle down in the word of God. I really believe that everyone here tonight is not here by chance. The spirit of God says you have been praying for breakthroughs in your life. But know this. Your breakthrough is not around the corner. Your breakthrough is right in front of you right now. I would not have stood up and followed the command had I known that this was not the truth. God is about to do something greater for you, for your family, for your business, for those that are connected to you. Over and above. Let me, let me see what the Spirit of God is saying. It has something to do with somebody's family that's connected to you. That you're praying, you have been praying about. It has a connection there. So what you're doing is you're going to God on their behalf. Because they don't know how to go to God. They don't know how to trust God. They don't know what to do about the situation. But they brought it to your attention. And you're going to God on their behalf. And your breakthrough is right here in front of you. He's bringing breakthrough in this message. Abraham said to his servants, settle down and stay here with the donkeys of all people. In another translation, he said to the guys, maybe he was talking to one of them, and he was pertaining to the other one. He said, stay here with the ass. <laughs> I just said that in another translation. Look at your neighbor and tell them, no, 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 don't, please don't, please don't. Stay here with the donkey. (laughs) 
Now, we all know what donkeys are. They can be very stubborn. Look at your neighbor and just smile. <laughs> okay, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Look up here. Look up here. Settle down and stay here with the donkey. And I will, and I, and the young man will go. Now, let's put this up on a screen and amplify. Let's go in that scripture to the NLT. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. And look what else he said. Help me read it. And we will worship there. So he said to them something that was very important. You got to get all the instructions and know that what God is saying is clear. Because not everyone that surrounds you is able to walk in and experience the outpouring of what God is about to show you and do in your life. Why? Because they might fight against you. They might say things about you. But God says, some people, you got to leave them there. It's a distance. You can see it. They can see it. And many a times they want to go. But God says, they can't handle what I'm about to do in your life. So some people, you got to leave them there with the ass. Some people got to be left back. Now you took them on a journey, but they can't go with you all the way to the breakthrough in your life. Some of them got to stay back. And look who they got to stay back with. I stopped it. You said the rest. <laughs> Settle them down. Settle them there. I know you brought them as witnesses. They don't know how to receive what I'm about to show you. That's why you can't tell everybody your dreams. You can't tell everybody what God told you. Some of us told somebody else about a business proposal that you recently had. And when you told them, they took what you told them and they perverted it and they used it for their gain. The devil is a liar. Who has friends like that? Leave them with the ass. I know it sounds profound, what I'm saying. But not everybody can cross. Some people might not know. If I was to tell you what God was telling me for 20 years, you would laugh. You would roll right now on this floor laughing. And when you're done, I kick you out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll kick you out before you get done. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's why I can't tell everything. You can ask the leadership. 
Many a times there's something I'm about to say and the Spirit of God puts a wall and tells me it's not time. You know, maybe many babies are being born, but not everyone has a chance to immediately exit the hospital. Many mothers and fathers, they cry that they're not able to take their child home. But watch this. If they took that child out of their own love for that child, it would be more harmful for that baby on the outside, in the environment, in places that the child is not matured enough to prepare itself in that environment. So what do they do? The doctor says, at least for several days, maybe a week, we'll monitor it. But baby has to go into the incubator until baby is matured enough for you to take baby home. Some of you are trying your best to do something that is not prepared for you to do. And you're causing more harm in your household. You have to leave your baby in the incubating stage or in the hand of God. Because God is maturing and developing something that is going to be worth the life for you. But you have to listen to the voice of God. Don't snatch the baby out. I know you waited nine months. I know you waited five years. I know you waited ten years. I know you've been trusting me. But know this. My promise is sure, said the Lord. Abraham now takes Isaac. They start walking up Moriah. The exact place that God told them. He knew that they were a distance, but they continued to pack and travel. Every moment, every step, tears may have ran down Abraham's eyes. Every chance that he could, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that he could have looked to his son Isaac. And his Isaac was packing without him realizing Something that he was going to lie down on. As he was walking with his Isaac, I'm sure there's many a times he must have stopped and looked at Isaac and looked at Isaac in his eyes and say, I love you, son. But let's continue our journey. And they continued to walk. And they continued. To walk and continued to walk. And then they stopped. He gave them something to drink, maybe. Because now they had to climb on the top of the mountain. They had to go to a place that his son was young enough, strong enough to even help his father 
get up to the top. See the relationship? Wasn't easy. But I'm sure along the way, Abraham stopped, looked at his son again, and he said, son, I love you. Could you imagine? Can you see it for a moment? And finally, they almost reached to the place where God said, Abraham, this is where you now set up the altar. They finally about reached that place and his, his son looks at him and he says, that we have the wood. We got the matches. Dad, where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? God brought provision to you and I. He gave you and I the, 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 the jobs that we have today. He's given us the providence and the finances that we have. And all of those things still belong to God. His needs were all being met thus far. But his own son, Isaac, that he loves, the promised child, turns to his father and says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Many a times, hear this challenge, hear this word. You may not have it physically to give it to God. But you have faith enough that what God is asking you to do will come into frustration. But you got to believe it. Because God already told you. He's asked you for it. And you've got to step out by faith. And do what he says for you to do. Abraham says this word to his son. And the son still looking at him. Waiting for an answer. And he says, son. God will provide himself a sacrifice. God will provide himself a sacrifice. What, does Abraham, what is Abraham saying now? Because he know what God says. He followed the instructions. He came now three days or maybe the fourth day now going up to the mountain. He knows what God said to him. But he's still following the pattern as God said. And he still held on to the promise of God. And he still believed God. That God, although if he said my son, the promised son was going to be a sacrifice. Abraham knew down deep within his heart. That God's word stands alone. He stands sure. He stands trustworthy. If God was to give me a promise and take the promise, God would now make it a sacrifice and bring it back to life and then give it back to him because our worship is what God is looking for. He's looking for genuine worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers. The word true means in reality. That's what God is doing. That's what God wants to do with the church. He's looking for genuine, 
true worshipers. I know we're running out of time. I know we have a schedule. I know somebody else goes up now. But you heard what the Spirit of God says. Pastor G says, I know Hula Ministry is about to do dance. Because they're scheduled. But hear this, saints of God. God has his own plan. And if we're not following his plan, plan, we're following religion. And religion can be in a cult. That's why we never worship God by religion, by culture, or tradition. It has to be by his spirit. Many people today will not understand this message. They'll stand up and walk out. They'll say that this is not the church that I should be in. The devil is a liar. God was about to drop a big bomb, a blessing in your life. And you just, con- you just walked out on it. Don't think that this message was planned. The last time I probably read this was months ago. That's why the Bible says in Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When the Spirit of God told me, and he confirmed it twice, all I could say is, Amen. And I'm here, delivering what he's saying to deliver to you. Because I believe breakthroughs. At this time, Abraham was about to tie up his son. What does a tying do? Do you know that every time you begin to send a seed and plant your offering and, your, and give your tithes, Don't just send it because it's being asked. Tie it up. Tie up your sacrifice. Bind it up. Make it presentable to God. Write a love letter if you have to. Give your seed an assignment. Speak to God in your tithe. The greatest thing you can speak to God back is what he said to you. Well, I don't know what he said. Get into your word and look for a word that pertains to what you believe in God for. Write that scripture down. Bind it up. Somebody say the word bind it up. He had to bind his son. The sacrifice that God was asking for. He had to bind his his son up. In other words, he had to tie his hands and tie his feet. Don't you know right about now, he's looking and looking at the father like, Daddy, what's up with this? You said God was going to provide himself a sacrifice. What's up with this, Daddy? Why am I doing this? Why are you doing this? And then, Dad, I help you prepare the altar, but you're now putting me on the altar. Catch this, family. See this, hear this. What are you binding up and putting on the altar of sacrifice and presenting it to God that God can consume your sacrifice? Hear this, parents. That's your children. 
bind them up, put them on an altar, and present them to God. If your marriage is unhealthy, bind up your spouse. I'm not saying handcuff them to the bed. Give them and put them on the altar. So God can consume the sacrifice. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. I don't know. I know that we don't want to do it. And I'd like to say this. As the Spirit of God says, many of us has, have refrained, refrained, is that the proper word? Resisted, refrained? To put our children on the altar and give them to God. Well, my son gives me bad time. My daughter does this. My children is of age. God is looking at you. You are in the place to hear God's instruction. Not them. Not yet. They should be in the place to hear the instructions. The scripture says he was about 17 to 19 years old. He was a young, strong man, Isaac. But he never pushed his father away. He obeyed the voice of his father. The father bounded him up, put him on a sacrifice. And now, took the knife and was about to lay it upon his son. I'd like to read this scripture. Then Abraham took the word, the wood from the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac and his son. He took the fire and the fire pot in his own hand and a knife and the two of them went on together. And Isaac said in verse 7, I'm reading Amplified. My father, he said, here am I, son, Isaac, said, see, here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt sacrifice? Abraham said, my son, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two went on together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there. Then he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took hold of the knife to slay his son. Look at what verse 11 says. Come on, let's read it like we mean it. But the angel of the Lord called to him from where? Do you know that you can hear God's voice all the way in heaven? You can hear what the angel is saying to you from heaven. Imagine that. He called to him from heaven and said, help me read it. Abraham, Abraham. And he answered again, hear I am. 
And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now, somebody say now. Where is your big breakthrough? It's happening now. Now I know that you fear and revere God or reverence. God, since you have not held back from me or begrudged giving me. Woo! Look at that word right there. Begrudged. He wasn't going to hold back. He had nothing to complain or grumble about. He said not a word against what God said to him. He didn't hold back what God said. Give your son to me, the one that you love. He is your promise, but I'm asking you to sacrifice him on the altar so that I can consume him. Begrudged, giving me your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up. Help me read it. And he glanced around. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering and ascending sacrifice instead of his son. Can you imagine Abraham at that time dropping the knife? Reaching down and untying his son now. Setting his son free. Grabbing him and pulling him and hugging him and and lifting him up. Took him off the altar. Because there was a lamb sacrifice. Somebody see this. If you hold on to it, that's your sacrifice. But if you give it to God, God will always provide a sacrifice for you. And you will know that it is Jehovah Jireh. God, your provider. Provider. 